You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about making book friends and interviewing Bethany C. Morrow. But first... What are you reading, Bria? I just started this book called Cork Dork. Have you heard of it? Is it about wine? Yeah. By um, Bianca Bosker. Um... I just started it because it's also it's it's a little bit of a research book. Like I'm doing some research uh, for a, a for a movie. And are you playing a bottle of wine? I'm playing a nice nice Merlot. I've <laughs> <laughs> been finally cast as a Merlot. I would say that you were more of like a Moscato. Oh, uh, really? I'm kind of a Sauvignon Blanc if you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this blonde. Look at this. Yellow pale skin. Okay. <laughs> this is jaundiced skin that I have. I would be a bubbly white. Ooh, okay. So I'm sort of I'm a champagne. Yeah, um, yeah. It's basically I don't know. I haven't gotten that far into it, but it's about a woman who is a journalist and she decides she's going to become a sommelier. It's this is a true like it's like a journal like she's it's a true story. I like to imagine this is like samurai training, but with wine. Yeah, kind of is. Well, from what I, I mean, I'm not very far grapes. in, but it's very like uh, it's it's cutthroat, man. It's cutthroat, and you have to be the. You have to do the thing where you like taste the wine and you're like, oh, like I could taste wood. I taste berries. I taste a little bit of cinnamon. This is probably a blah, blah, blah. You know, and you can like tell you say what it is, what region it's from, like what year it is. Like you have to it's be like able that to scene from that. Napoleon Dynamite where he drinks the milk and he's like the cow got in an onion patch. I don't even remember that. <laughs> I don't know. For me, wine all tastes like wine. It's like that scene from Can't Black say. Books where Bernard, or the main character is like, no one wants to admit that wine has no taste. <laughs> Wine has a taste. It just tastes like wine. Yeah, I know. I have trouble. I can tell a really cheap wine, maybe. But yeah. But so I'm learning about it through this book because I don't think I'm ever going to actually. I know that I'm unrefined. Become a smile. I'm like, hmm, it tastes very whiny. (laughs) Yeah. Was this from a box from Croker? (laughs) Or is this uh, from the, did someone just leave this at your last party? Because that's how I get all of my Although I am good with cocktails. Yeah, you are good with cocktails. Maybe it's just wine. I don't know. Mm. All right, what are you reading, Mallory? Uh, I am reading a comic that Boom sent us called oh, yeah. Goldie Vance, uh, written by Hope Larson and uh, art by Brittany Williams and Sarah Stern. And it is like, it's like 1960s in Florida, and it's like a Nancy Drew kind of thing. Oh, that's Goldie, so cool. Goldie Vance is like, her, da- her dad manages this hotel in Florida, and she is, a, she's like, I don't know, I want to say like 11-ish. And she like does runs a little detective service in the hotel and solves little mysteries and it's wicked cute. That's so cute. Hope is a really great writer. I, what else has she worked on? She uh, tons of stuff, but she did the. Uh, I just read that book all summer long. She wrote that, oh. um, and then she did a Wrinkle in Time uh, comic. Oh wow! Yeah, or it's like a graphic novel that of like the book. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. If you're looking for like a nice. Light, fun uh, comic book. It's I think it's like an all ages comic uh, for for kicking off your st- summer. I really recommend this one. Sean, what are you reading? Sean feels a lot of pressure now that he knows he has to talk on the microphone about what he's reading. I'm reading uh, the Lonely City by Olivia Lang. <gasps> I love that book. <laughs> I thought you were going to make fun of me because it's a pretty funny thing to to read. I, read that when I was. <laughs> Oh, God. In case you can't hear it, Mallory just read, I just said, I read that when I was single. <laughs> anyway, it's very interesting. Uh, she's moved to a, like a large city and it's just looking at the, the process of being alone in a large city and 
then looking at different artists and yes, thank you for patting me on the back. <laughs> it's not as sad as it sounds. <laughs> I was trying to think of another book to read, so I didn't have to tell you that I was reading that book. No, read that one. Yeah, read that one. I thought you'd th- you'd like that. Mm-hmm. I bet that people will like that you're reading it. Um, so again, I am reading Cork Dork by Bianca Bosker. Uh, I'm reading Goldie Vance by Hope Larson, Brittany Williams, and Sarah Stern. And Sean is reading The Lonely City by Olivia Liang. Uh, so we're going to take a moment to answer a recommendation request. This person wrote in, I, uh, I just read my first novella the other day after hearing Bria mention the murders of Molly Southbourne. I love sci-fi fantasy, but I've never been into thrillers horror because I'm a scaredy cat. But Bria's description of it made it sound less scary and more bizarre, so I gave it a try and finished it in less than 24 hours. Is there a genre that describes thrilling but not scary, bizarre, concept, bizarre concepts, and reality-questioning ideas? Right now, I'm thinking of it as a Twilight Zone type. Bria, take it away. You know, I do think this person and I have a definitely have some sort of wheelhouse crossover because I like that too. Where like I like scary stuff, but I really prefer like an alternate universe or a, our universe, but something crazy is happening to one person. Like I really like that, which is why I really loved that um, Molly Southbourne book. But I, um, I'm going to recommend a book, and I don't know if I'm recommending it because it has a similar title. Or if it's because it's similar, but I'm going to recommend Claire North's The First 15 Lives of Harry August. Did you read this one? No. Um, It's about a guy named Harry August who was born over and over again at the same time, at the exact same time period, but all of his memories are intact when he from his last life. So his first life, his second life, for example, he actually like ends up, um, there is like a trigger warning for suicide. He ends up, I think, committing suicide or something because he like, it's just like, it's very traumatic because he can remember everything and people are like, no, you're just crazy. You can't actually remember anything. And he's like, no, I know all these things happen. So it's sort of like, and then after, and then by the time he gets to his third life, he's like, oh, okay. And an interesting thing about it is that they, um, uh, as a child, it's really frustrating because his memories start to come back. And imagine being a baby who can't communicate the fact that you already know how to do all of the things they're trying to teach you. It's just like, don't give so me that diaper. Give me a tiny toilet. Yeah. I don't want to do this. <laughs> it's totally frustrating. So, um, it creates a lot of problems for him, not just that, but then also there's a whole bunch of people who are out to, like, kill these people who can do this. And then um, he also meets people who are similar to him uh, as he moves on through his life. But it's it's really good. I really enjoyed it. And I, maybe it's just, like, a similar concept or something. I don't know. But I, for some reason, that was the first book that popped in my mind. What do you recommend? Uh, this is tough for me because I also love this genre. Anything weird. That's my, that's my jam. Uh, so I have so many recommendations. I narrowed it down to two. Uh, one is regular weird and one is wicked weird great depending you can choose your own adventure this here. is like this is the category of regular weird wicked weird yeah, for me that's like those are my two types of books this is like my i i have a relative that in her um kitchen she has do you want sweet tea or do you want really sweet tea oh that's adorable that's my southern accent too that's i i, I love when bria slips into her uh, every once in a while i can tell you're from texas and I get, it makes me really happy uh, so the first recommendation, and this is the regular level of weird, is uh, White is for Witching by Helen Oyeyemi. Uh, it's a really fascinating take on the haunted house genre. Uh, sometimes the POV is from the actual haunted house itself, which is really, really cool. That's cool. Yeah, I haven't seen anything it's like that. It's really well written. I, I love Helen Oyeyemi. She's one of my favorite modern writers, and this is actually probably my favorite of her books. Uh, and the second one, which is wicked weird, is uh, Black Helicopters by Caitlin Kiernan. I'm on. I'm waiting for, for that from the library. Borrow it from me. I shot. Alan just finished it. Um, 
Uh, it's a Tor.com novella that just came out. Uh, it's weird fiction to the max. Uh, it's secret agents, monsters, future dystopias, mind experiments. It's got all this weird stuff, uh, but it's not scary. I would actually say that's Tor.com. Yeah. I would actually say Tor.com is doing this really cool thing of all these novellas. That's what the, the Murders of Molly Southbourne is one. Um, they just do all these cool novellas that are in that genre yeah. of like weird speculative, fiction. Speculative fiction. Yeah, speculative fiction. fiction. Yeah. yeah, it's just like things that blend elements of sci-fi and fantasy and horror. And, you know, it's a novella so you can read it with a sandwich. <laughs> really big sandwich, though. Just a lot. Like, uh, go, get a foot long. Get a foot. Go, go wild. Go wild. <laughs> get one of those, like, gigantic cartoon sandwiches. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you, like, people have to, like, carry it in, like, a few people <laughs> under their arms. Uh, honestly, if, if I imagine what heaven is, it's a stack of books and one of those big sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> and you just keep eating it and never end? A never-ending yes. sandwich? That is my favorite thing in the world From to do. Subway? No. Oh. No way. No, I have this weird thing where I'm traveling. I like consider Subway like quite a delicacy. I so know you. I know you love your veggie subs. I from do Subway. love a veggie sub, and it, like I don't know what it is, but there's something about it is that like it, I know. I'm, what like, it what is. if we went to Subway? Isn't that crazy? Like, there's we like both I think it's wild. Grew up in uh, as vegans in places that yeah. didn't have a lot of vegan food. Yeah, so I feel the same way about Subway, where you get you're like conditioned to think of it as like a oasis and a sea of meat things. It's true. It's you're true. Like, oh, I and then I get a and then like I moved to Subway. Yeah, and then I moved to like Austin and like I moved here and there's like a lot other places. Yeah, we have tons of options. We never go to subways here and so now I'm just like it does that's what it is. It's nostalgia, I guess. Yeah. It's a residual like oh subway will always be there for me. It's on on set subway is the go to like oh, they're being cheap. They got a subway today and I'm always like they got a subway? Uh-huh. And like I like I'm like it's what a thrill. What a thing Give me that us. six inch veggie. That's what I want. So you can always email us your recommendation request at readingclassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we talk about making book friends, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, Reading Glasses listeners. The Reading Glasses live book club stream of Madeline Miller's Circe is finally happening June 5th, the next Tuesday from when this episode airs, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Join me and Bria for an hour while we talk about the book. It's going to be streaming via YouTube. You can watch me and Bria live, ask questions, give comments for free. There's no registering for anything, no downloads, no sign signups. There will be a link on all of our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or if you don't use social media, don't panic. Just email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com and we'll send you the link or the link to the live event will be in the show notes for this episode. We've got a wicked cool surprise we're very excited to share with you guys. So repeating this, 6 p.m. next Tuesday, June 5th from 7 p.m. Pacific time. We can't wait to see all of you wonderful people. Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott, and we're the host of Everything's Everything's Coming Coming Up Up Simpsons. Simpsons. Every episode, we cover a different episode of The Simpsons um, that is a favorite of our special guests. We've had guests that are showrunners and writers and voice actors like Nancy Cartwright. I got a D minus, I passed! And we've also had people that are on the Max Fun Network already. Homer wearing that golf outfit is so funny. And there's... When he gets super into golf, he's wearing the golf hat in bed. bed. We've had Weird Al Yankovic on the show. I was just uh, struck by how sharp the writing is. I mean, that's no surprise because it's The Simpsons. But, I mean, like, you you can't say that about a lot of of TV shows, particularly ones that at that point have been on the air for 14 years. Find us on MaximumFun.org, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Smell you later.
week, it's all about reader friends. We're talking about friends who you can text when you get gutted by a book, go to book events with, trust to hide your wallet when you go to the bookstore, who totally fucking get it when you cancel plans to finish a book. As a reader, the thing you want almost more than anything, besides books, and then more books, is people to talk about reading with. Obviously, guys, we get it. That's why we started the show. But how do you find these magical people? How do you make new book friends? It's hard to make friends as an adult. We meet less new people. Our priorities have changed. We don't know how to have conversations that are not over text message. I did a little bit of research on how people suggest you make friends as adults. And the advice is honestly just really less than stellar. It involves being approachable, being social on social media, like things like that where I'm like, really, this is like a horrible, this is horrible advice. Like, what if you're a shy person? Being approachable doesn't help at all. Um, the one advice I thought was risky but interesting was to accept all social invitations. Have you ever heard people doing this? Where, like, they're like, okay, for this, like, couple months, I'm just going to go to everything I'm invited to. Yeah, I know you hate that because you don't want to go places. This is for people trying to make friends, trying to specifically make friends. But I always go places when you invite me. Okay. (laughs) I will say that. Most people I know this would be the scariest thing you could possibly ask them to do. Um, But basically, uh, the whole, whole, like, advice the internet gives on how to make friends as adults, I assume most of our listeners are adults. Uh, We have a lot of high school listeners. Okay. Um, Those are adults, though, really, aren't they? Oh, 17. Young adults? I think we have have all ages listeners. I got it. We don't have eight-year-olds. But I think this is applicable (laughs) even, even, like, I didn't have any friends in my high school. Yeah. I guess the main advice that I thought was, like, good on all these, like, how to make a friend uh, is is, uh, to find something, to have something in common with. Yeah. Find someone you have something in common with. So I think that that was... Good advice, and that's kind of what we're talking about anyway. Yeah, I mean, in in the spirit of that, I think the first place to start making book friends is go to book events. Mm-hmm. Go to an author reading, a comic convention, a book fair, That so that, like, right out of the gate, everybody around you has something in common with you. So, you, like, my advice for this is wear a cool book t-shirt or carry a bookish tote around for an awesome conversation starter. Uh, I think I talked earlier on an earlier episode about my, my partner. Whenever he wears his uh, Ernest Hemingway, Old Man in the Sea shirt— People crawl out of the woodwork talking about <laughs> Ernest Hemingway. I imagine walking down the street and people just, like, jumping out of stores. Like, oh, like that see. Oh, Ernest Hemingway, me too. Yeah. Oh, the people, the barista at the coffee shop, men on the sidewalk. Oh, wow. And I wear, you know, I wear a lot of book t-shirts. Uh, I'm, I'm actually not wearing a friendly shirt right now. Today she's wearing a shirt that says, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got a cute little bag. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's adorable, uh-huh. uh, but I'm not going to make friends today. Uh, but I wear book t-shirts all the time. Or, like, I have, you know, we have bookish totes, pins, you know. And also, like, on the other side, don't be afraid to comment on someone else's conversation starter. If someone's wearing a cool book t-shirt or has an awesome, like, book tote, you yeah, know, go say, hey, that's awesome. Like, right off the bat, you're talking about books. Yeah, for sure. Um, or you can get more specific with your events. I have a friend who plays Harry Potter-themed D&D Every Ooh. week, and also is on a Harry Potter Quidditch team, and like so, if you go to these events, you know you guys already have one thing in common: you both love Harry Potter. Yep, enough to join a Quidditch team. Yep, and I think that that is something to start a relationship about. And then you know you always will have someone to go to those kind of events with. Like I definitely have my go-to friends for certain kinds of things where I'm like, I know you like this. Let's go do this thing that we both know we like. Yeah, like I have a friend that we always go see the Marvel movies when they come out. Uh, usually on opening night because we both love them and we know like the other person will be like yeah I'm gonna go like let's go let's just go together so we like make sure we can you know we always have a friend there you go uh, yeah, book clubs are also a great place to make friends uh, online or in person book clubs just by their nature foster conversation about books and friendship and if like 
let's say you have book friends online and you want to, you know, or, you know, book friends in like, I hate saying real life because the internet is a real life, is real life. It's true. Internet is real life. In person. Um, for more frequent book talk, make a group text or a Slack channel and add your friends. What is a Slack channel? Slack is an app. It's basically like, um, like a. It's like Facebook. No, it, it, it's Reddit. No, Slack, it's like a chatting app. Um, like I use Slack for a bunch of things. Like I'm uh, a programmer for the North Bend Film Festival. So we have oh, yeah. a Slack channel for North Bend Film Festival. And like then we have a heading like shorts. We, we talk about all the short films, feature films. So it's like different chat rooms. But how do you know when people, you have to go check it or you get yeah. an email saying that like some, that someone You can get notifications. Mm. I get notified. I feel like I've been in situations where they're like, we started a Slack channel for this. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. I'm you just not going to participate Slack. in whatever that is. But it'd be pretty sweet to be like, oh, well, uh, we're all reading this one book. Let's start a Slack channel about it. Um, oh, that's cool. Or just start a Slack channel for your book friends. If you're like, there's been so many times where I've gotten gutted by a book. And if Alan's not around, I'm like, I need to tell somebody about this. Yeah, that's good. So and don't be don't be nervous about reaching out to someone you're connecting with on a book message board or on Twitter or in a Facebook group, on any social media feed. Like if you, in our own reading glasses group, you know, on Goodreads or on Facebook, if you see someone and you're always like, like what they're reading and you're liking the comments, like, you know, reach out and be like, hey. Let's talk about books. Start a conversation with them. Yeah. Also, ask your friends. This happens to me all the time. Maybe someone in your life is a big reader and you don't even know. Um, Alan's best friend, Mike, came and stayed with us uh, last week. He was like, oh, I never read books. And then I said something about audiobooks. And he was like, oh, I listen to audiobooks all the time. I'm like, then you read books. Like, you're, yeah, you're a reader. Yeah. You're consuming books all the time. Like, yeah. There might be people in your life that just never think to talk about books. Like, just... I, I, I don't know. I think the best way to foster book friends is to do what we do and talk about books all the time. Yeah, just bring it up all the time. Bring it up when it doesn't matter. If someone's talking about dinner, bring up a book. Yeah. Someone's talking about something completely different, just start talking about a book. Yep, just do it. <laughs> Bria, how do you make book friends? So I've had the same sort of book friends, with the exception of you. You're my newest book friend, probably. I, I've had the same book friends I've had for a really long time. And I've sort of, like, cultivated those relationships. And honestly, some of them, that's, like, our main relationship is that we text each other saying, like, have you read this? Do you like it? Or if, like, I'm reading something, I think of, like, my my book friends are, I mean, I can name, like, five people that I, I really talk to about books a lot. One being my friend who does the, the Quidditch team. Um, one is one of my friend's husbands, uh, who's also my friend, but... I know him through her. And then one is a one's the librarian who comes on our show. So like I have those friends and I will reach out to them and go, Hey, I read this book and I think you'd be really into it. And so like I can talk with them about the books I think they should read and then they'll recommend books back to me. But it's interesting because I don't think I approach new book friends, although I did join a book club, but I couldn't go and I'm not gonna be able to go to the next one. Oh my god, I yeah, I but I, so I, so let's not. I'm not making book friends that way. I joined one, but I haven't actually attended anything. Um, but yeah, I think you're my newest book friend, and I don't know how we got to start started talking about books. I don't even remember. It was years. Somehow ago. we found out like that we were both reading something, and then I felt like every time I'd see you, you go, "What are you reading?" And I was like, "Oh, no one ever asked me that." So like, so it was like exciting because I was like, "Oh, I am reading something." That's Let how me I tell you all friends. about it. Yeah. Yeah, you are. You're really good about it. So how do you make book friends? I'm fucking shameless. So, <laughs> so and, and I, I also, I recognize, I mean, yeah, I have, I have my own, own mental health problems. I have really bad anxiety. Uh, but I recognize that it's, it's easy for me to make book friends because I'm not shy. And I know that that gives me a lot of, uh, a, a lot of, um, 
advantage in making friends because I just have no shame. Uh, I explode with excitement whenever I see someone reading a book I love in public or wearing a cool book shirt. Uh, it probably terrifies some people because <laughs> I'm very loud. Uh, but it's made me a lot of friends. I strike up conversations in bookstores all the time. Uh, often it leads people to assume that I work there. And then other people, while I'm conver- while I'm talking to somebody else about a book, like they'll be picking a book off the shelf. I'm like, oh, that's really great. Have you read this? And then somebody will be like, hey, where can I find the horror section? And I always know where it is. So, so you just help. You just start helping people. I'm just like free book bookstore help. Um, <laughs> they're like, oh, that girl's back. Who's helps weird people, bl- even though she doesn't live here. Let's just <laughs> here's that weird doesn't work blue-haired here, right? girl wandering around helping people out with books. Uh, I start a lot of conversations with both friends and strangers by asking people what they're reading. Like, what are you reading? What do you like to read? Um, a lot of my friends are readers. It helps. It helps that I know a lot of writers and publishing industry people but it was even like that beforehand before I started before I became a writer uh, and got involved in the in, in the industry it's just like I think I don't know there's always there's so much boring ass small talk in the yeah. world like people are like oh what's the weather like like I, I just hate that so I'd just rather be like hey what are you reading and most like sometimes people are like oh I don't read and I'm like oh, okay whatever but a lot <laughs> of times people have a, like a really interesting answer yeah and it's really fun to talk about. So I just... Even if people are like, I've been reading the same book for a year. I'm like, what book is it? Tell yeah. me. That sounds like a fast... Like, it's like you're reading it slowly. So obviously, but you haven't given up on it. So like, tell me what it is. Like, it's even like that point, if you're not like a huge reader, I still kind of want to talk to you about what you're reading. Oh, totally. And like a lot of people... We have this... I, I have the same uh, experiences like we I did with my friend Mike. You know, people don't feel... People feel uncomfortable talking about reading if they don't read all the fucking time. Right. So, but if, like, I feel like a weird, like, book priest where I'm like, I've absolved you of your weird book book embarrassment. And uh, once they're like, oh, well, I've been reading the same book for three months. I'm like, that's fine. You're still totally a reader. What is, what are you reading? It feels like they, like, have permission to talk about it. And yeah. they get really excited. And we have a great conversation about it. And they feel better. Yeah. So just, like, become a book priest. <laughs> okay, what about this dilemma? Uh, We've talked about this on previous shows. What do you do if someone's reading a book in public? You don't want to interrupt them, but you really want to talk about that book. Do you think it's okay to go talk to them? I feel like we've covered this on other shows, and I can't remember what we said. <laughs> what do you think, Mallory? I mean, honestly, I find that most readers, like me included, they don't mind getting interrupted when reading if it's to talk about the book or reading in general. Right. Like, all the fucking time, I'm in lift pools or in lifts, and, like, I'm reading, and the person's like, so you're reading? I'm like, Yes. I can't yes, read I in a am. Car. That's the most shocking part is that you can read in a car. It's the only thing I can do. I know, I'm it's genetically designed to read. And then they don't want to talk about the book or reading it all. They just want right. to. Like, like that makes me want to throw you into a volcano. But if somebody came, comes up to me like, holy shit, I love that book or I love that author or I really want to read that or oh my God, you're reading. Like that doesn't bother me well, at all. What if, what if someone is like goes up to you and they say what are you reading? Because so I'm often reading on like a Kindle. So people are like, what are you reading? You know, that's different. I feel like if uh, the person is um, able to see. Right. And they ask me what I'm reading while looking at the book that I'm reading. I'm like, this is, you need to find a better way to start a conversation because my sarcastic, stupid self is like here. I just want to extend the book to them. Right. Uh, I, I forget. I think it was on book riot. I saw this really great pin that just says, ask me what I'm reading. Which oh, I that's feel cute. like is really cute, especially if you're shy. It's a good way to make friends. Yeah, yeah. for sure. That's like, but I, I like I like that. And that way, even if you're not holding the book, someone can be like, "Hey, what are you reading?" Yeah, I think there is this key, like, because you know we have this to- we have a tote bag that says "Do not disturb the reading" because we don't want people to just walk up and go, "Tell me about that book you're reading." If 
if they have actual no interest in the book. Yeah, that's. I guess the, the point that I'm trying to make here is that I feel like if, it's totally fine to interrupt somebody when they're reading if you're going to talk to them about that book or reading or engage them in some interesting conversation. If you're just disturbing their reading yeah, for see. no fucking reason. Like if you recognize the book, the author, something about it. Yeah. Man, being a Kindle reader, that, that really limits. People can't yeah, really answer questions. What, what do people do? They will say, because I'm often reading in like um. I was going to say a work environment. It is a work environment. Yeah, like, I'm waiting enti- around. I was just going to say, you're in, the entire world is your work environment. Yeah, well, I'm, like, waiting around on a set or something, and I bring a book. Everyone else plays on their phone, and I usually bring a book. Um, a lot of times I'll bring a paper, like, an actual physical book. For some reason, it's easier for me to get in, at, in and out of it. And it'll almost always be, like, a nonfiction book. But people will just walk up and, like, what are you reading? And I actually don't mind because I'm on a set, and I'm bored anyway, like, waiting for things to happen. So, like, if it's that kind of situation, I don't mind. If it's in the airport, I don't really mind. It's it is. I don't. If you're like sitting next to me on a plane, please don't ask me. Oh, like God. that is a horrible thing because I don't want to have a conversation. But for the most part, I'm much more friendly. I think I grew up in Texas. That oh, doesn't yeah. mean anything for some people. For me, it means, I grew up in New England. We're mean as fuck. Yeah, I, I think I'm more used to people just talking to me. But I don't want to have a full conversation. I I will tell you. I'm like, oh, it's this, and it's about this. It's good. And like you know, I but I don't want to like engage unless they've read the book already or want to talk about yeah like unless we have something in common because if i i love talking about books almost as much as i like reading so if i'm i'm in public i don't really i don't really mind if like if i the you know the book that i'm reading this week goldie vance like if somebody was like i love hope larson i love the series and like we talked about it i would be very very happy about that sure yeah but if somebody was just like hey you're reading <laughs> yeah, because then you're th- then you or assume like something is, else. Not is- a lot of people read it anymore. Yeah, and I'm like I don't want to have this conversation. Please let me read. Because you do you wonder what? Because then you're like, what is the underlying? What is your goal here? What is the goal here? Uh, but are you I, hitting on me? Are you just being annoying? But are you I bored. But Why I mean, you- if people are just trying to make friends that way, maybe they're just like not good at asking the specific questions. No, That's, I know. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe is, I'm, this is, I think a, I'm this being- is a dilemma, guys. I don't know if I have an answer for this. I think I think I'm maybe I'm just being a. Being not nice. Being not nice? Maybe. Because you're saying that people... No, you're saying people should walk up to you and ask the question. Yeah, just, I guess, make it count, guys. Make it count. <laughs> if you're going to interrupt somebody's reading, like, also, make it listen, count. I don't know if you want a reading friend that reads a bunch of stuff you don't recognize. I mean, maybe you do, but... I, I don't know. I actually... I like having, like, I love having you as a reading friend because there's so much, you don't, we read almost opposite things. You read, yeah. like, all sci-fi and YA. Yeah. Which is the things I very rarely read. Yeah. So I get, there's some books that I would never have read if I wasn't friends with you and mm-hmm. vice versa. Like, my, Alan and I recommend books to each other all the time and Alan reads, like, a lot of classics. Oh, yeah. yeah. And especially, like, classic horror. Like, I wouldn't have picked up Anne Rice if it wasn't for Alan. Anne Rice is good, though. Yeah, yeah. I, like I enjoyed Witching Hour, so I think that's really good. But also at the same time, like it's really great to have reading friends that read the same same things as you. Um, my best one of my best friends, Lauren Panapinto, who was on the show last year, uh, we both read a lot of books on feminism, and we recommend stuff to each other all the time. And it's great to talk about them with her. Um, so yeah, I think it's both. I think it's good to have all different kinds of reader friends. Yeah, it's true. It's true, and it's good to have yeah a wide variety. So uh, this all stu- all this stuff sounds kind of weird, and it, you'll have to work out how it works for you, but it works, and it's totally worth it because reader friends are the best. So send your thoughts on book friends to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com, and before we talk to author Bethany C. Morrow, we're going to take a quick break. Should The Rock run for president? How about Oprah? Why was pitch canceled? Does Ryan Murphy ever sleep? Settle a bet for me. Who's hotter? The Thing or Squirrel Girl? 
How can I take part in the Summer Book Club? For answers to these questions and so much more, come on over to Pop Rocket, a pop culture roundtable show with me, Guy Branham. Winter Mitchell. Margaret Wappler. And Karen Tongson. Catch us every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you decide to get your podcasts. I'm not going to judge. <laughs> So here we are with author Bethany C. Morrow. Bethany, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. What are you reading right now? I am reading right now um, After the Flare, which is, um, I believe it's technically the follow-up to Nigerians in Space by Deji Bryce Alukatan. Um, it's also out with Unnamed Press, uh, which is my publisher. I did not read Nigerians in space. I just jumped into after the flare because if I hear any sort of rumor that you can do that, like that you can jump into a book and there's one that came before it, but you don't have to read it. You can read them out of order. I do that for some reason. So that's what I'm doing. I just read Nigerians in space. So I am looking forward to this book. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're reading it. I am. I absolutely love it. Um, I'm probably about halfway there. I'm annotating, um, like for actually the first time for me. So I'm kind of going slower and plus I have revisions and everything, but I absolutely adore it. It's, I'm just completely blown away. I love it. So can you tell us about your new book, Mem? Yes. So my book, Mem, is basically about sort of an alternate history in the 1920s in Montreal. Um, if in the 1920s in Montreal, scientists had come up with a way to extract memories um, from our minds, and if during that extraction, extraction process, the memory sort of took on shape, took on almost like a clone-like body and form that matches the person who's having the memory extracted. And in this world, these mems are basically, they're just keepsakes. They're just housing. Um, they're just housing these memories and they sort of expire whenever the emotional resonance of that memory runs out. And then suddenly there's a character named Elsie or Dolores extract number one. And she's something much more than that. She's inexplicably sentient. She is able to create her own memories. Um, she remembers things from her source's memory outside of the extracted memory. So the book is about um, a time in Elsie's life when she is recalled back to the vault, um, which is where Mims usually have to live and expire. And she doesn't know why. So we start of, we sort of follow her through the world at that point. It's awesome. I really enjoyed it. And it's like fascinating setting it at that point in history. Like that really informed the story in like a fascinating way. Anyway, it's great. Anybody listening should totally pick it up. <laughs> so this episode is all about making reader friends. Do you have a group of friends who read? That is a really interesting question because I, it makes it sound like I have a group of friends who don't read and I do not. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, all of my friends read to some extent. Um, I feel like it's probably would have been very difficult for us to become friends. Otherwise, um, I do have a lot of friends who just read nonfiction, um, which is interesting because I, I don't read as much nonfiction as of course I would have like in grad school or, or university or something, but all of my friends either read or don't tell me they don't read. 
<laughs> it's like their secret. Yeah, it has to be. <laughs> so swapping recommendations, commiserating over sad books. What's the best part of having book friends to connect with? Um, I would say completely disagreeing with someone about a book. <laughs> um, I really, I really, really, really like... I don't know, hearing somebody describe something that I am familiar with and describing it in a completely different way than I interpreted it or experienced it. And that might just be because of my educational background and like the the programs I was in growing up and everything. But I, I really, really like that. It's it's wonderful, of course, to like be on completely the same page as somebody. And especially if that doesn't happen very often, it's it just like gives you life. But I also I also just think it's it's endlessly intriguing how many people can read the exact same set of words and come away with something completely different. It's, it's the same way with hearing people talk about my book and they'll describe something and be like, Oh, okay. I didn't know that's what that was about, but I mean, it, 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 it is obviously. About your own book. You'll yeah. be surprised about what people say. Oh, wow, that's really interesting. Oh yeah. That's amazing. It, it makes me so, think about communication a lot and uh, how we are all kind of actually probably speaking different languages. So for our listeners, do you have any advice to make some bookish friends? I don't know how to make friends, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I do. I would say it's, it's, it's not really fair because I'm also an author. So, um, you know, most of my, friends that I talk to on a very, very regular basis are also. So I talk to people mostly on Twitter. Um, and if you ever want to talk to me, just start babbling to me on Twitter and I'll totally respond because that's what I do. Um, so Twitter is a wonderful place to talk about books, of course, um, for me as a writer, but I know that things like Goodreads and, and YouTube comment sections and communities sort of build up around that. I do watch uh, quite a few booktube videos and stuff. So I see, you know, you see the same people in the comment section, you see people connecting and stuff, and you see people having discussions. So I feel like any place that people are talking about books, um, I don't know, realistically, how many people like, I don't know how Goodreads works, honestly, but I do know some people talk about friends that they have on Goodreads, too. So I feel like just follow the books, and you will find bookish people. <laughs> that is some very sage advice. Uh, so the, the big important question, is it okay to interrupt somebody when they're reading if you want to talk about how great that book is? So this is totally not biased, but absolutely because I do that on the Metro. Um, I saw a, a girl reading, oh gosh, let's see, what was the last time? I saw somebody reading Catching Fire and A, I was very surprised that I'm just going to assume it was a reread. I don't know. But um, I have very strong feelings about Catching Fire in general, um, like in like specifically rather in that in that um, in that series. I really, really enjoyed the Hunger Games series, but I thought Catching Fire was really, really improved by the movie um, because they cut so much stuff out. So I had to ask her if she thought the same thing. And did she? She totally was like, I am 
only reading this to compare it, like to compare it to the movie because she had really enjoyed the movie. And she said she heard from multiple people that Catching Fire, the book was too slow and it was kind of suffering from series fatigue maybe. Um, So it was really great because she responded like it was totally normal that I had just walked up to her on the Metro. Um, We actually ended up getting off on the same stop together. And then she realized that that was not her stop. So it was, a really, it was a really fun conversation. And then we laughed it off and she, and I waited with her for the next train and then she got back on the train. That's a really cute story. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about your reading life. Do you have any reading quirks you'd like to share with us? I don't know if it's a quirk, but I typically read Hells of Slow. Um, I... Like I've been reading after the flare and this isn't really slow for me, honestly, yet. So I'm sure it's slow for other people, but I've been reading it for like a good two months at this point. Um, Some of that, of course, has to do with the fact that it's my debut season. um, And that's what I'm using as my excuse. But honestly, um, especially it's, it's if I really am not enjoying a book or conversely, if I'm really enjoying a book, then I will do the exact same thing, which is take about a year to read something. Um, I, I think I referred to it with somebody else as like hard candy. I don't, if I'm really, really enjoying it, I, I might put it off as long as possible, which sounds weird, but it's just, that's what I do. No, actually we've had other people say that. That's, that's awesome. Um, do you have any books that you like to give to people? Yes, I do. Um, (laughs) I really, I, I actually just forcibly took back um, Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison, which is a book that if I become close to anyone, I'm going to give you that book. Um, I'm probably going to give you The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. If you haven't read any Toni Morrison yet, because I feel like it's a good entry point, it's probably the most easily accessible before I know how people interact with language and how much they like, you know, the sort of poetic, beautiful prose that she writes. Um, I will give people great Gatsby. Um, These are all books, by the way, that I have multiple copies of because a, because if I see a cover that I don't have and it's on one of my like top 10 books, I'm going to get it. And B, because I want to be able to, lend out a book and not hate you when you don't give it back immediately. Um, and not, and like not see it on my shelf anymore. So, um, I think my biggest one that I have, it's not literary. I mean, I think of it as kind of literary, but is, um, speaker for the dead by Orson Scott card, which of course is the follow-up to Ender's game. Um, and a lot of, I mean, I, I feel like, most people who read science fiction have read Ender's Game, of course. Um, and it is possibly the best written science fiction novel until you read Speaker for the Dead. Speaker for the Dead is, it, it was, it just destroyed me. It was absolutely beautiful. It was so thought provoking. I absolutely love that book. Um, and I have multiple copies of that book because I will force it on people. Awesome. That's fantastic. So Bethany, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at all hours of the day, um, when I'm supposed to be revising. And, um, you can find me on 
bethanycmorrow.com, which is my website. You can find my author page on Facebook. You can find a blog that I may or may not update, um, bcmorrow.wordpress.com. Um, I feel like that's all of the places that I might actually check. But for the most part, honestly, I'm on Twitter every day. Awesome. Bethany, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for reading them. Now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Amber writes, I've run into this issue of really not loving a book that comes highly recommended, has rave reviews, and the world is just generally clamoring for. (laughs) How do you approach bookish conversations about these buzz books when the consensus is weighted so heavily against you? Do you have books that you didn't like, but seemingly everyone else did? How did you handle it? I love this because Amber wrote it and she was talking about how much she didn't like Priest Daddy. And I was like, oh, (laughs) no, but that's great. Yeah, that's a book you love, though. Bria, what's your solution to this problem? I just think, Amber, you're not going to like every book. You're just not going to. Particularly if they were talked up so much. This is a big problem where people are like, this is the best book ever. And then you pick it up and you're like, it was a book. It was fine. But I'm like, you know, people raise your expectations and it's just not as. Bria's review. It was definitely a book. (laughs) Um, I will say when people are talking about things like specifically, I like the phrase, it wasn't for me. Yeah. Like that is a good phrase because I don't feel like you're actually dissing the book, I use this for all kinds of art, you know, movies, TV. I'm just like, you know, it's just not for me. Like, I just, like, have very weird tastes. It's very specific. And I, I just didn't I only see. like books about young ladies on journeys in space with their Listen, dogs. There was no, there was no space in this entire book. So I don't really understand. Like, where was the rockets? Where was the spaceships? <laughs> like, there was no discussion of futuristic diseases. I don't understand. Um, that's not true. I do like, I like other kinds of books, guys. I want to just say, I do read some nice literary fiction every so often. I really will get into it. Sure. But. Anyway, don't know why I feel like the need to take up for myself. Um, I just think you don't need to be pandering. I don't think you need to, you know, try to like the things everyone else likes. I do think that, and and like, and I think liking, like, there's going to be a lot of books out there that everyone reads and they're just like, not that good. That happens all the time. The most popular books are books that like, I don't really read. They're books that, I mean, I don't want to be like the Jack Reacher series, but I feel like that's one where I'm like, I've never read that. That's like the most popular book. It is a very popular book. And and I just think that's probably, I mean, maybe it is for me. I don't know. I've never read it. It's probably like perfect for me. It's probably about a young woman on Cut a journey. Two a year later, Bria has bought and read every single Jack Reacher book. I think it's fine to engage about the book, even if you quit halfway, though. That's my, that's what I was going to say. Like, if people are like, I read this book. Isn't it amazing? I think you can be like, it wasn't for me, but I'm willing to engage with you about the parts that I read. You know, like I totally will have that conversation. I don't think you have to feel like separated from this conversation just because you didn't like the book. Yeah. What about you? What do you think? Well, I, I, I think this is a total fandom thing. Like people take their own personal takes, tastes so personally. Like when Amber wrote it and she was like, for example, I didn't like Priest Daddy. I was like, I want to talk to I want to talk to you about this. Like, I, I like that kind of conversation. Like, I definitely have books that I didn't like that everybody else went fucking bananas for. At least once a year, there'll be one big buzzy book that I just don't get. Mm-hmm. And I, I read it, I buy it, and I'm like, I don't understand this. But why do people love this? And then I sell it and buy something else. Uh, and I picked this question for this episode because, man, how tough is it when you're trying to make some book friends and they're all talking about a book you don't like? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah that sucks. But I'm always honest when I don't like books. I just say it's not for me. I really think that's yeah. the best way to do it. You don't have to go out, out. You don't have to, like, go all out and be like, oh, that book is horrible and start screaming until your eyes bleed. But if everyone's talking about it, say, hey, what did you love about it? 
Like, no one's going to hate you. After, after everyone has their say, I'll ask another, about another book and be like, oh, man, did you read this? What books are coming out this year that you're excited about? That's the great thing about talking to readers. There's always more books to talk about. Like, I want to talk to Amber about why she didn't like Priest Daddy. Yeah. I think that's one of the best things about book friends is learning other things about books and literature through other people's tastes. I do think that it's, it's important that you don't have to convince other people that their opinions are wrong, and they shouldn't convince you of that either. You exactly. know what I mean? Like, I don't think you have to say to people... You know, uh, this book is bad, and you shouldn't have read it, and you shouldn't like it. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you know, police other people's tastes. I think if you find the book to be misogynistic, or if you find it to be homophobic, anything like that, yeah, you can actually, say like, I would, uh, "Can we pause on that real quick?" Yeah, I do want to. We're gonna. We have an episode coming up very soon about book reviews. Oh yeah, but I do want to delineate here because we got a lot of angry emails. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. About I, I think we think it's very, very, very different to. Re- a bad book review in our mind is like, hey, I thought this book was stupid. I didn't like it. Calling out a book for being misogynist or racist or fat phobic or transphobic is a totally different thing. If you guys are writing to a publisher and saying, hey, I hated this book because it's really misogynistic. That's not giving a book a bad review. No, no, no. And I think that if we're talking about with friends about books we like or don't like and we're like, yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't like that book. I felt like it was, like, really misogynistic or what? Or, yeah, I thought that it had, you know, it was transphobic. Like, then, yeah, that's a that's an important yeah. thing to tell people, especially Absolutely. if they haven't read the book yet. That's, like, that's fantastic no that when up. people do it. You're doing a great service for the book community, especially if you're, you know, writing to the publisher and telling them what you thought. Like, yeah. that, that's fantastic. Yeah. People, you tagging an author and saying, hey, I thought your book was dumb or I thought your book was boring. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about bad reviews here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just want to separate those two things, guys. Right, right. I totally, I totally agree. And and that being said, like, I think, like, bringing that into the conversation in a way where you're like, you may have liked that book, but it was misogynistic, and here's, like, the reasons I think it was. That could be a great way to open up someone's eyes to something. You know, there oh, are things where people are like, you know, that book has this, this, as, like, this part is, like, very, this, like, there's one movie that I really like. I won't name it. And uh, and my friends were like, don't you think it's misogynistic for these reasons? And I was like, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because it's not something I noticed. And, like, that's something that it's good to open up my eyes to. Like, I'm not going to, we're not all 100% able to police everything all of the time, you know? So we have to have other people open our eyes up to that kind of stuff. So, uh, like, as two white ladies, they're, like, sometimes there's bad things in books that we're not even seeing because we're just blind to it because of our own privilege. It's really great to point this stuff out to people. Yeah. Like, uh, and it's not your job to point it out to people. We understand that. You're not in charge of making us less racist or anything. No, that's uh, our but, own jobs to change our own minds. But if you do want to take the time when you're in a book conversation with somebody to point something out, that's fantastic. Yeah, I that's think so too. not bad reviews that's not what we're talking about yeah we're talking about if you like don't like a book because it's you know you're like, set uh, in, it's a western and you're just like i'm not into westerns that's ooh. a whole that's a thing and i think that you should bring that up to your friends but i don't think you have to tell convince you don't them have to not to, like westerns. you don't have to email the author and be like hey i thought your book was boring yeah like yeah there's the whole thing where people are like oh well it, you know don't you think that art has critiques i guess but i can guarantee you guys Almost 99.9% of authors, if you get, they get an email that says, hey, the book is boring. They're not going to go, oh, I need to fix my writing. They're going to be like, wow, yeah. why did this person take the time to tell me that they, that they thought my book was boring? We got a one-star review on the show recently because someone was like, too silly. Not for me. <laughs> well, it definitely isn't for you then. 
Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, when we get a one-star review that says we're too silly, not for me, we're like, okay, cool. This guy took the time to lower our lower our average podcast review because of, of something that wasn't for me. It wasn't for him. Like, we're not going to not... We're, me and Bri aren't going to be like, oh, we need to make this a serious literary podcast. <laughs> and I will say, as a person who's, you know, made a living doing art for 10 or so years, it still hurts my feelings every time someone says something, like, shitty about anything I do. Even if something... I didn't write. I didn't do whatever. I'm just like acting in it. And people are like, that sucked. And I'm like, well, please don't like it's still it's still hurtful. And yeah. I hopefully one day like I have a very thick skin, I think, compared to a lot of people. But I st- it doesn't mean like it doesn't still like, you know, irk me. And I don't think about it for like weeks after. But if somebody took the time to like just today, somebody tweeted at us our one of our recent episodes. I used the word. I said, what a jip. Oh, yeah. I had no idea that that was a racist thing. And they took the time to tweet at us. And now and that's fantastic yeah Please literally Mally came that. in and was like we gotta we, you got do you know this and i, I had yeah, no idea and i will never say that again i don't think you're a bad person and that person was a bad person for tweeting at me like i think how amazing that they took the time out of their day to educate me when they didn't fucking have to thank you so much yeah. so we, went, we just went off on a huge tangent yeah but we just wanted to address no, we're gonna have that. to cut all of this but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i uh to, to round it out i think that instead of being nervous that you're going to offend somebody or be offended because someone didn't like a book that you did like use it as an opportunity to have like a cool interesting conversation about a book yeah it's okay you you can you can disagree about books you don't have to like all the books no one's going to be mad at you and if you want us to solve your reader problem send it to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com and as always we want to thank danielle who runs our facebook group and chrissy and rachel who moderate our goodreads page if you like the show please rate and review us on itunes it's really good great for us and helps us reach more readers reading glasses is pleased to offer interactive transcripts of the show through greta go to g-r-e-t-t-a.com slash reading underscore glasses to read and turn your favorite reading glasses moments into clips that you can share on social media you can email us at reading glasses podcast at gmail.com Find us on Twitter at Reading G Podcast, on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast. You can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag Reading Glasses Podcast. Thanks for listening and, and thanks, thanks for reading. reading. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.